It's almost 9 p.m. on a crisp evening in April as I pile into the back seat of a pickup truck in the parking lot of the Department of Natural Resources Dodgeville Service Center just off the Military Ridge bike trail. I'm here with Mike Danf and Brad Brueger. Mike is currently the Dodgeville Area Wildlife Supervisor for the Wisconsin DNR. Brad is retired, and they are friends who have been surveying this frog and toad route together as volunteers for 10 years or so. This cycle in April is the first of three survey periods in the Wisconsin Frog and Toad Survey. Before we leave, Mike briefs me on the species we might hear tonight. So the coordinator of the survey sends this out to us, so it shows which ones we're going to listen for. So the early spring survey here in April, we're going to listen for the wood frog, the boreal chorus frog, spring peepers, northern leopard frog, the pickerel frog, and possibly the American toad. The one we won't hear this time that's the coolest one we hear on the route is the Blanchard cricket frog. The Blanchard's cricket frog is notable, as it is Wisconsin's only endangered frog. Mike shows me a map of Wisconsin with a small shaded portion in the southwest that indicates the range of this species. We'll be surveying just inside that range, but we won't hear it tonight because it breeds later in the year. They may hear it during the July survey. Over the next three hours or so, We'll drive a route across Iowa County that will take us to 10 listening sites. As we drive, Mike plays a recording of some of the calls we may hear tonight. Wood frog. The wood frog is one of the earliest Wisconsin breeding frogs. Its hoarse, low-pitched croaking can be heard from temporary or permanent woodland pools, roadside ditches, or wetlands adjacent to woodland areas. The subtle quacking call has little carrying power and may be masked by spring peepers later in the season. Kind of a subdued, not real well defined croaking. Uh, spring peepers, everybody knows those. <laughs> Spring peeper. The spring peeper is probably the best known of the spring calling frogs. Its high ascending peep can be heard from a quarter mile or more away when winds are calm. Occasionally its call is trilled. A chorus when heard from a distance sounds like the jingling of sleigh bells. Peepers are heard here with a wood frog in the background. way to Governor Dodge State Park, and the first stop in our survey of the 10 sites we'll visit over the course of the next three hours or so. This route is just one of thousands that will be completed by citizen scientists all over the state. The Wisconsin Frog and Toad Survey is the longest-running project of its type in the country. It was started in the 1980s in response to concerns over declining populations of frogs and the ecosystems on which they depend. Josh Kopfer is a professor and certified wildlife biologist at the University of Wisconsin-Whitewater and co-editor with Donald J. Brown of Amphibians and Reptiles of Wisconsin. It started in the 80s. Uh, it was started by Mike Mossman and Ruth Hine of the DNR. Uh, and this was it, it was based loosely on the um, similar, or I'm sorry, uh, the breeding bird call surveys, right? And um, this time when the, you know, the DNR in particular was probably more focused on game species uh, and amphibians, generally speaking. I mean, some people eat bullfrogs, I suppose, but they're generally not considered a game species group. And so, you know, there wasn't the fact that that Ruth 
um, who apparently, from my understanding, was the big driver behind it, Dr. Ruth Hine. And the fact that her and Mike got that going back then is really astounding because just wasn't something that was done and it was new and they kind of developed it. And, and it's my understanding that the national model that was used for amphibian calling surveys after that for a while was based on this or these Wisconsin survey methods. Permanent statewide routes in Wisconsin began in 1984 and have been completed ever since, providing a wealth of data about frogs and toads, collectively known as anurans, in the state. Josh said this type of comprehensive and repeatable survey, which now encompasses over 100,000 sites across the state, could not happen without dedicated citizen scientists. And, uh, you know, state regulators, etc., can't get everything done that needs to get done. It's just impossible. There's so much that needs to be done and and not enough people to do it if we were to only rely on trained professional scientists. And so we can use trained um, citizen scientists to help us collect data that are very valuable. And, and especially if those methods that are developed have been vetted over long amounts of time. And that's the case with the Wisconsin Fraud and Toad Call Survey. Andrew Badgey is a conservation biologist with the Wisconsin DNR who coordinates the volunteer efforts for the Wisconsin Frog and Toad Survey. He spoke with my WORT colleague and 8 o'clock Buzz host Brian Standing back in March of this year. Brian started by asking Andrew about how one becomes a survey volunteer. Well, it's, uh, I guess it's as uh, easy as um, going to our website, and, and which is uh, at the Wisconsin Frog and Toad Survey, if you just do a simple search online and just kind of reading up about um, our, our different volunteer opportunities. We have three separate ones and then uh, reaching out to um, uh, our coordinators, which is uh, me and my colleague, Rory Pulaski, and then we can kind of help fit you in um, where, where we have need and, and where people are interested. Andrew says that in the traditional survey, volunteers drive a fairly compacted survey route each spring and early summer. So these are typically roadside or um, kind of park park wetlands, um, stuff like that, where there, there are feasible um, parking spots. And so volunteers would would um, go out for three separate nights, uh, and each night they would go and survey um, all 10 sites and listen for uh, the frogs and, and, and toads and, and record uh, what species they're hearing in addition to um, the relative kind of abundance levels uh, of what they're hearing. So that, that way we can get, the DNR can get a better idea of what's going on across the state and, and what the trends and, and stuff like that look like. Volunteers survey the same route three times, once during each of the three specific survey dates. The breeding seasons of anurans are triggered in part by rising temperatures in Wisconsin's waterways, and the three survey dates are chosen to coincide with those seasons. Andrew said that they stick to the traditional survey dates even as we experience changes in the weather, such as the snowy spring we had in 2023. Well, we, we, we've talked about this um, just because the springs, the, the way the protocol had been set up was was uh, um, was prior to all, all these kind of climate fluctuations and stuff we've had. So we do we do try and stick to our traditional windows. Um, however, you know, for, for parts of every once in a while, um, like maybe this year and even last year for especially the more northern counties in the state, we've we've kind of granted a couple extra a week or two extension just so um, volunteers are actually out there listening for frogs versus, uh, you know, listening listening at ice-covered ponds and wetlands. Because with ice cover, there wouldn't be any frogs and toads calling. 
Males make their presence known to females by singing a call that is distinctive to its species. It's these calls that volunteers use to identify the individual species and determine an abundance rating for each site. We'll learn more about abundance ratings later. Andrew told Brian Standing that people pick it up pretty quickly. I, I think it's, uh, you know, it's, it, it depends um, on the person, but I think uh, usually, usually it's pretty easy because unlike birds where you have upwards of 200 different species flying through the state at any point in time during the, the summer, frogs only have 12 species. And on top of that, frogs only have um, one classic breeding call um, to identify. So you really aren't listening for um, 12 different calls versus, uh, you know, upwards of 200 plus. The first survey cycle begins on April 8th and ends on April 30th. During this time, as we heard from Mike earlier, volunteers are listening for the calls of the spring peeper, wood frog, boreal chorus frog, northern leopard frog, and pickerel frog. They require a minimum temperature of 50 degrees Fahrenheit to breed. Here's Josh Kopfer again. We start to transition into what we might consider the kind of mid-spring-summer season uh, breeders, and that would be the American toad, uh, the, the, the copes, and the, the eastern gray tree frogs, um, you know, those more middle species, middle of the season species. And then as summer progresses, and, and now we're hearing these species would be the green frogs and, and the bullfrogs and, and, and mink frogs, if we're in northern Wisconsin, they tend to be later. So, you know, temperature plays a role in that sort of shift. Uh, from one species group to the next, but but there are other factors as well, certainly, that, that matter in that regard. The type of water also plays a role. Versus permanent water bodies. So um, many species, and this is particularly true of many of our salamanders, require um, a ephemeral water body to breed in. In other words, it, you know, has water early on due to spring rain and snow melt, but that is going to dry up by the time August rolls around, or, or mid to late August, at least. Examples of these are lakeside sloughs, small ponds, roadside ditches, or even potholes. They, they develop, they undergo metamorphosis, and they leave before the pond dries up. The reason why that's critical that the pond dries up for those species is because if it dries up, it can't be colonized by fish. And fish are an important predator of uh, amphibians and amphibian larvae. Now, for per, there are species that breed and use permanent water bodies. And, and again, the, the green frog and the bullfrog would be examples of that. They breed late in the season. Their, their, their eggs hatch, they turn into larvae, and then the larvae develop. But rather than metamorphosing in the same year that they are hatched, they overwinter as larvae or tadpoles, right? So um, green frog and bullfrog larvae, for example, overwinter uh, in the larval state as tadpoles. And then in the spring, they start to continue that development again and will, you know, start to metamorphose, um, during late spring, early summer. And so the, um, those species need a permanent water body and are more co-adapted to living with fish because of that, because they, you know, they have to be in a, in a permanent water body to complete their cycle. Back in Iowa County, Mike, Brad, and I have arrived at the first stop at the Cox Hollow Boat Launch in Governor Dodge State Park. Mike sets his timer for five minutes, and we stand in the dark, listening. At times, Mike and Brad compare notes. The fourth 
or if it's a blended sound that helps you identify kind of how many you're hearing. When the five minutes is over, we've heard two species of frog, the spring peeper and the leopard frog. Brad explains to me how they will record what we've heard, those abundance ratings I mentioned earlier. So there you go. There's three levels of measuring. So the peepers, so there's one, twos, and levels of, of numbers. So the peepers are three. There, there's a lot of them. Um, the leopard frog is a one because it's just individual noises. There may be more than one over there, but they're kind of taking turns. A two would be um, in between where they're, they are overlapping possibly, but you can still hear each one. And sometimes there may be one or two over here and to the left and one or two off to the right, maybe a couple out ahead of you or behind you, but you can hear each one and they're kind of singing back and forth. Where, where the peepers are three, they're just all singing. 